welcome to the popcorn junkies. I can't believe last night the kids were begging for popcorn and we didn't have any. I said, what kind of popcorn junkies are we that we don't have popcorn anywhere? We're a popcorn maker. We need a stash. We need a huge <laughs> amount of popcorn anyway. Um, we're reviewing The Fablemans. The Fablemans, which is Spielberg's latest movie. And I have to say from the outset, I can't begin to underplay how much I have always loved Steven Spielberg. I mean, this isn't an affectation. No. This is something that I remember when I was at film school, I would be treated, and people would raise an eyebrow and sort of look at me like, you like Steven Spielberg? Steven Spielberg? And I, because there was this idea that the likes of Scorsese and Coppola and all that kind of, you know, the movie brats, and Spielberg was considered to be quite mainstream. And I was always arguing, yeah, but... Because so many people loved his films and watched them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The very thing, you know, so he was popular, but he was as inventive, as rule-breaky, yeah. as innovative as all those other filmmakers. His crime? He was popular. Exactly. He made hits. So I, I've always... In fact, I think on our appetite. second date, you talked quite extensively about Spielberg. I'm not even it. joking. No, actually, it was the first sign of your real, real passion. And you were very childlike when you spoke. And this is my thing about Spielberg, isn't mm. it? And you were like childlike in his passion. But we'll talk more yeah. about that later. I mean, just going into this film, the reason I was kind of so sort of itching with excitement, I was jabbering away as we went into the screen and saying, oh, because of course you see... Yeah, because of course you see his production company called Amblin Entertainment, or Amblin, Amblin Pictures. That's the name of his original of his original film that he I made, a say, short film he made as a student, as a kid. It was called Amblin, and the logo of Amblin is, of course, E.T. in the bike going over the moon. And it's like, this is going to connect all the dots. I have to say, <laughs> at this point, I did glaze over a bit. I was like, really? <laughs> So anyway. But this is the detail that Mark goes into about Spielberg. Oh. And actually, in the film, at the point where we first saw it, I thought you did, because <laughs> you thought he was going to be stranded all the way earlier, I think, through the film, when we actually saw it, I thought you just... So anyway, so this is The Fablemans. Um, this is the... They're saying it's kind of loosely based, but it's pretty pretty heavily based on, on Spielberg's life. I mean, they've changed the name, they're The Fablemans and not Spielberg's. And so this that is... That was very... a funny bit, actually. Halfway through the film, that I, said to, I whispered, so... Why did he change it to Spielberg? Yeah. What are you talking about? Why did he go from Fablemans? Because Fableman is a great, you know, storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I felt a bit stupid. Well, otherwise, the film would be called the Spielbergs. So I think he was just trying to put a little bit of blue water yeah. between him and the subject matter, so that he could perhaps, I guess, yeah. you know, go off script and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so it's a great cast. We've got Michelle Williams in there playing his mum. We've got Paul Dano in there playing his father. We've got Seth Rogen playing his uncle. Um, we've got Judd Hirsch in there playing this batshit crazy man from the circus who's entered entertainment. We'll talk about him in a bit. And then we have a host of young actors, most notably, obviously, Gabriel LaBelle, who plays the young Sammy F uh, Fableman, uh, Chloe East and Julia Butters, you know, these fabulous young actors in there again, which is, you know, another one of Spielberg's absolute triumphs. Um, and I, I just, I'll just put it out straight. I, as I went into this film, I thought I was going to be spending most of the time almost with a notepad going, reference point to that film. Back to the Future, E.T. You did a bit. I did a bit, no. Um, but, but I loved it, actually. I really yeah. did, because I was like, oh, my God, yes, every time you said it. Some of them I picked up on, but because you're such a fan, oh. like, uber fan. Well, there was that moment very early on when they hit all the, all the bikes, bikes come onto that shot, and that lovely swerving shot. E.T. is that moment yeah. where they're all kind of cycling along, you know. Yeah. So I get, when I think of these films, I just get goosebumps. I really do. So it's the birth of his passion, isn't it? Yeah. So for you... What hooked you in? Because you're not such a sort of film geek as me. You're no, I'm not emotional. a film geek at all. I don't need to know the details and I no. don't need, you know, but but I mean, not, but I love that about you. But yeah, so I knew nothing. Mm. I didn't even know he'd started making movies right, right. from a kid. Yeah. And, um, you know, I remember so clearly the first time I saw E.T. 
and it just it just blew me away. And then I told you, didn't I, that soon afterwards, my dad did a film. Yeah, heard your dad talk about it. Yeah, with um, Henry Thomas. With Henry Thomas, the little boy in ET. And my dad said that little actor. I remember him coming back from location saying that little actor taught me more about acting than I've learned in my whole career. And we all had the big discussion about what a blessing it was for that boy mm. that his first director was Spielberg mm. and how he gets these incredible performances out of everyone, but, but especially for me, children. So I just loved that. I loved that part of the movie. It was a huge part of the movie where we see him making films. We see him when he first falls in love. That amazing first time he goes into a cinema. Well, that that little scene, boy. Was lovely. Oh, the young, young boy. Was the bluest, so biggest eyes you've ever seen like this. And, and also just... it was Spielberg. <laughs> it's great casting. I was looking going, it's mini Spielberg. But, but it was like that. We were straight away. We mm. saw. It was like he'd got a shot an injection, it was like an immediate addiction we saw him get mm. to the magic of cinema. Mm. That but was also just, what, that I like, but what I also liked about that opening, and this kind of relates to any of our followers will understand this with our kids, there was also an aspect of trauma in there. And I think yeah. trauma and film is quite an important thing, because like one of our daughters got, was totally traumatised by Super 8, which is a film heavily inspired by Spielberg. I'm not too sure, I think it might have been. He was the exact, exact, yeah, yeah. exact on it. It was, a, it was a brilliant film. It was a film, brilliant that. film. Brilliant. And, it, and again, that was based on Super 8 filming, obviously, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But, but I was actually very angry with everybody about that <laughs> film for years, because it did totally yeah. traumatise, but because it, it was so good. But what I loved was, it was in a sense, it was his traumatic experience of cinema yeah. that left the indelible mark on him. Yes. That spurred him on to become a film because he wanted to recreate that shock and drama. Because yeah. he was a very anxious child, yeah, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. And they were worried about his anxiety. They were talking over his head, whispering about yeah. his anxiety. So, oh yeah, I wonder if there's some truth in that, that actually, you know that really good feeling you get when you've been absolutely terrified about something and then it's okay. That's exactly what I felt. And that yeah. absolute relief. Yeah. Well, honestly, sitting next to you watching it yeah. was such a privilege because I could literally, you know, yeah. you, you know, you were, Intakes of yeah. breath. You were just, you were just on that journey because your journey was very similar, wasn't yeah, it? With your love I didn't film. make ET. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar, Oscar qualified. Though. We're sat in South London, not <laughs> yeah, Hollywood. Yeah. Quite, quite exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, and obviously, right at the beginning, we're introduced to his mum and dad, Michelle Williams and Paul Dano. Fabulously drawn oh characters. Oh my god! I mean, oh my god! Paul Dano reminded me. Paul Dano was heartbreaking because he was a good man. He was a kind man. He was a hardworking man. He loved his family, but he wasn't exciting. No, it and wasn't was exciting. And Spielberg's mother, played by Michelle Williams, who I was just saying, actually, if you ask, oh, we haven't seen Michelle Williams yeah. for ages. And I, I, I just love her as an actress. I think mm. she's, just, she's just exquisite. And in this, she really blew my mind. I fell completely in love yeah. and hate with her character. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, he... and the relationship between mm. Spielberg and his mother. I mean, if it hadn't have been for her, mm. I mean, we don't know how close it is to the actual story, but... You know, she played a huge part, didn't she, in in in, in fanning that light well, and that she saw because that she had was, about film. And also because she was a, not frustrated, but she had such talent herself. She'd not played the piano in a sort yeah. of, you know, she had ambitions to go here, there and everywhere. And because of the time, I really felt that frustration. I mean, we can all think of women in our families from previous generations, your mum, my nan, who, in a different era, would have gone on to do so much more with well, their she intellect was a great and creativity. Pianist, yeah, wasn't yeah, she? Absolutely. She gave it up for the children. And it wasn't, but what I liked about this, it wasn't like a pushy mother. It felt exactly as you said, that she was like, she just wanted mm. to hold this little light that she'd seen and mm. keep blowing the flames. And she was the one that just kept the pulse going with him, didn't Absolutely. she? And there was one other aspect, I mean, I hate to always throw one's own personal experience, but that's what film is about for me, is how you connect with this stuff. And I was shocked that I've always had this connection with Spielberg, I've always had this passion for him, I've always related to his story and the stories of his films. 
But even his attitude to his mum, there was a moment I leaned over and said, I'm getting Judy Garland guy, yes. you know, vibes yeah. of her. And that was because he, I liked the way they presented his mum as a star. Yeah, within she their was family. the star. And that's how I felt about my mum. Yes, so well, I thought that as well. Like, right? Nanny die, you'll hear this, you know, flawed, damaged, with her own stuff going on for herself, but idolised. And glamorous, very glamorous. Very glamorous, yeah. I mean, that scene, that scene when she's dancing in front of the car. Oh my God, I know. I mean, she the family was bursting scene. with creativity. Yeah, yeah the fact she was so contained. And actually, though she was described as selfish, mm. she had been unbelievably selfless at the same time. She mm. was an incredible mother, wasn't yeah. she? Oh, absolutely. Um, and has that great line when she says to Spielberg, nobody owns, nobody owes anyone their life, not even you. Yeah, no, and and that's, I forgave her for everything. All the way through the film, I was forgiving her. It was interesting because well, a lot of people I, I, feel very angry yeah. towards her character, yeah, but yeah. I didn't at all. Well, well, I went into this thinking from a few reviews going, well, it's quite a caustic portrait of his mum. I thought it was a 360 degree exactly, portrait of a real thank woman. thank you. Yeah. She's a real woman. Real Why? Woman. And that's a, that's, a, that's a great thing, which I was talking about on Loose Women the other day. People want to box women yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. You're good or bad, you're nice, you're a bad mother. She was all those things mm. and she was just passionate and she was just beautiful and you saw him fall in and out of love with her. Mm. I mean, I just think it showed us all the way through where he where his inspirations came from yeah and what i loved about this so i went from a really train spottery oh yes that's where that came from even right down to the I, years years ago i shot in the, the suburbia that um george lucas grew up in and the weirdest thing about this is the landscape and the sun setting was like tattooing the planet and you think he will have seen this sun and i was getting the same thing from the suburban streets all of i mean spielberg's first film that was made for tv jewel the truck which was really just a masterpiece of suspense without showing the monster. You never see the truck driver. It's amazing. Duel. I love that film and I always forget it's Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. Well, he made so that for anything. TV and it was one of the first oh. films that I believe CBS said, this is so good, we have to elevate it to a theatrical oh, release. Really? And so he literally dragged his content up to tele up from television onto the big screen, which is just a testament, you know, testament to how, how good he was. But... So but, I, but, but like E.T. and like when you see that 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 shot of mm. him and his friends because he's in a big scouts group, isn't mm. he? Just cycling up the. Oh, do you know what I felt a lot through the beginning of this film? Is such a pang for his childhood. Mm. The way that he, yeah. he corralled people, mm. didn't he? I mean, he would have sixty of his friends turning up to make a movie. But not in not in a controlling no. way. What I loved was it was by stealth. It was by collectivity. It's oh, this God, idea that directors so, go, "Do this, do it that." It was so joyful. It was, it really brilliant was. Bit with that who's the soldier and he comes out and he's oh just standing Oh my God, <laughs> brilliant comedy. And he, he directs him towards emotion and he's shocked, the boy, by the emotion yeah. he feels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that, what I loved about it was it was so organic yeah, how, yeah, he learned, yeah. how he learned yeah. to direct. Yeah. It was through sheer desperation to get the performance out of these kids in the amount of time that he had. And that's oh, where it was I so think, clever the way it showed us all that. And I think the thing about this film that really surprised me was, was I went from this trained spottery person to... Oh my God, this is as much, if not more, a portrait of his slowly dawning realisation of the emotional power, both in the making of films, as in that scene with that boy, but the power of reception of when people watch it. Now, those great moments where he'd be projecting on his Super 8 projector or 16mm projector, and he'd be looking at the audience. I've often thought, yeah. what must it be like to be Spielberg, yeah. knowing you've got this audience? But, but then watching. what about the incredible, we won't do a spoiler, what about the incredible moment when he, when he 
sets up the projector and closes the doors on his one. Oh my God. Didn't you think that was incredible? incredible. He stepped away Don't from the audience. He stepped away from the audience. He didn't need to see what her mm. response was. Mm. Oh, I've got this And that scene again. And that's me. the only time we see him do that. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and I love all the stuff happening in cupboards, E.T. I mean, let's not forget they hide E.T. in the cupboards. These are the cupboards of his youth. Um, These are the cupboards no, of his no, youth. I want to be in Spielberg's <laughs> cupboards. I mean, it's so, so weird. You're right, but the weird thing about that scene as well, I was getting Cinema Paradiso vibes, where, you know, at the end of Cinema Paradiso, he cuts together, Philip Noiré cuts together all the kisses he had to edit out for yeah. censorship for taste and decency. Okay, so, I mean, literally... One We're a bit talk, too excited, yeah, aren't we? One could talk about this one for hours, but yeah. I have to give a special mention to the Judd Hirsch scene. A lovely actor from Taxi, you'll remember him from the sitcom. Extraordinary scene. He, an extraordinary character. He bowls in, reminded me of your dad in many regards, in your face. Terrifying. Terrifying, man. They're all standing at the windows going, he's here. Oh, my God, it's my mother's brother. <laughs> don't let him in. <laughs> yeah, don't let him in. He comes in and he's this whirling dervish who's going to sleep on the floor who says, art is this trauma. You love your art more than you yeah. love your family. And this is fine. But art will rip you apart. Am I, I like, right? And you'll know this is Mr. Geek. Did Spielberg do an interview where he said that he'd made the mistake of not paying enough attention to his Perhaps. Wife? Perhaps. Because I thought about that. I said, I'm sure I've read that. And I thought, wow, this connection here. Because quite often he's told that through the film and you see this confusion in him. Yeah. Because he's so passionate about what he does that he does almost cut out often yes. other people's, uh, what, what's going on for other but people. For me, but for me, the Judd Hirsch... Can we just say as well, that scene between them was also... Well, sorry, what's the... What's Judd Hirsch. Judd Hirsch, no, sorry, the, Gabriel the, LaBelle. Gabriel LaBelle. What a stunning performance throughout from him. Oh, what, throughout the film? I mean, throughout the film. Oh, my God. I mean, just faultless. But his reaction to Judd... I think but Judd and in this scene, his reaction is just... And, but but for me, that scene manifests everything about the joy, the trauma, the difficulty of following your creative urges. You know, he obviously, like all kids, was aware that there was a disconnect in his parents' marriage. He was escaping into film. This guy came in and in many respects terrified him. It was the biggest kind of lesson in don't go towards the arts. But at the same time, go towards the arts. You but it's repeated towards the end of the film, isn't it? Oh. With another similar kind oh, of character, on, which, we won't, which we won't. I can't even begin to tell you the levels of excitement I was at in the very final <laughs> scene of this film. Oh my God, I thought my head was going to explode. <laughs> No, watch it. <laughs> um, what did you make of the whole Michelle Williams, Seth Rogen? I thought Seth Rogen was fantastic as the uncle. I, I mean, I really, game. really, I like you say, we could talk forever, but I just want to say every single mm. cast member, mm. right down to the smallest parts with the children, with some of the children, oh. was faultless. Yeah, the scenes within the family, the joyful scenes within the family, mm. the layered the layers that we got Those within the relationships like camping, yeah. without huge amounts of dialogue, yes, but we yeah, just, yeah. it just layer upon layer. I, I just, I, 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 I can't fault the film. I just, but like, I loved I that sort of tragic and remarkable because again, his emotional discovery isn't just about the audience discovering the power of watching stuff. He himself experiences the power of watching his own rushes when he sees what he sees on his Super 8 footage. And I thought that was a beautifully sort of bittersweet thing where that would have been a formative moment in the character's development. He realised truth, truth in footage that was happening without having to direct it. And there was, so there was another And also power. making that decision yes. of that intimacy, where do you pull back, yeah. what do you show? Yeah. But then, of course, later on in the scene at the college... I think that was extraordinary, that scene in the lockup. But again, don't want to give a spoiler. But you see him understand that also people can perceive his work in a way that he didn't necessarily meant. That line when he says, well, I just shot it. 
yeah. the way that you see it yeah. is going to be up to you, which of course is art, yeah. isn't it? You know, exactly. you let go of your art and then it's up to, it's up to other people how they perceive totally. it. But I love those, all those moments were just yeah. really special. For me. And also the other thing which you've often said about me and our relationships, God, I hate the way you're always sort of like outside looking in. You're always kind of, it's weird. It's like there's a camera up there and you're worrying about the camera shot. I mean, I was really, I thought it did a really good job of showing him observing and watching and how whatever it was he was feeling, because he didn't stand in judgment. He didn't stand in judgment of his mum. He kind of understood what was going on. There, there wasn't that obvious kind of, what are you doing type thing. Um, there was sadness. There were great scenes. There were, mo there were good moments of that though. Yeah, 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 yeah. There were good moments, but what was... Oh yeah, what the was, where she... Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, but what was there all the time was this passion and this mm. adoration that he had for her. And I think also on a cellular level, their understanding mm. of their talent, yeah. of their gifts. And that's the other thing that's really important to say is that he was met, and this is another sort of parallel, he was met in his father with the, the constant phrase, this is a hobby, this is a hobby. Now, let's not forget... When this, you go to university. When this was at a time when the idea of being a successful filmmaker wasn't everyone's dream. You know, I've relate, I relate to, I mean, the, the, the degree to which I would have loved to have emulated his career path. But I remember at the age of 16 thinking, this is so unusual. He was so young, achieving so much. And so the constant suggestion that it was his hobby You've had that, we've had that in the creative industry. So many people go, well, that's not a proper career. Yeah, when you need to get a real job. Yeah, exactly, all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was really nice to see that that, that happened even for Spielberg. We were both very lucky. We both had parents that yeah. only ever my saw mom, it as My mom was job. great. Well, they my my grandparents didn't. My grandparents were a nightmare. <laughs> but, you know, did you notice as well, because his mother and father have this both very lovely marriage, but very difficult. Mm. Did you notice that fantastic scene when the mum is talking to him and she talks about how her husband looks at her and he looks at her like everything's all right. Yeah. And then she kisses, and we see her give these incredibly passionate kisses yeah. to the husband that deep down yeah. Spielberg knows the emotion isn't there. Yes. And he sees these incredible performances yeah. that his mother gives. Mm. Hugely dramatic, isn't she? When she's upset, she's deeply upset. And I think that, plays a huge part as well mm. in how he can yeah, yeah, yeah. how Absolutely. he directs and how he gets performances mm. out of people. Re really powerful use on a technical level. I thought really powerful use of the different formats that he shot in. So, you know, cutting between, because sometimes it can be a bit eggy, cutting between his 16mm footage, the silence, which of course was the case. I mean, I always remember the frustration of shooting on Super 8 and you didn't have any sound and da-da-da. And, but, but the power of emotion that he got on his mum's face in so much of the footage that had no accompanying... Um, soundtrack or audio, when, audio track. When she turns and she looks into the camera, you see the fake smile, the smile that she gives, and then the deep sadness yeah. again. As a small child, being able to watch all mm. of that like that. Mm. Amazing. Wow. And so, so before we kind of sum up, I, 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 I don't even know, I don't even have the words to explain what happened to me in the final scene. But suffice it to say, you only have to look online at the cast list to know that one of, our, one of the greatest filmmakers of all time is played by no less. So this is a film by Spielberg, one of my favorite directors. <laughs> And it features David Bloody Lynch, <laughs> who is probably my equivalently favourite director at the opposite genre end. And that, for me, I can't. I, it makes me emotional that there's this <laughs> connection between the two of them. Who's in cinema? David Lynch. Well, because one an art house filmmaker, one a mainstream, yeah, and they've seen well. the connection to star in it. And there was a wonderful detail. I don't know if you noticed it. A wonderful detail that, in a weird way, was a, a little nudge towards hashtag Me Too and an acknowledgement was as John Ford, played by David Lynch, yeah. shuffles through his office. He's got a kiss on his cheek, yeah. which yeah. just gives you that sort and of... The, and, the, and the secretary gets up and wipes it all off. Yeah, which I thought was really... Because he didn't just idolise this guy. And then I've got the quote that he says. Should I give the quote? Cool. I love... This quote at the end goes to the heart of whenever I've sort of been training sort of interns or showing people how to shoot or when the girls say, well, how do I frame this? 
I don't know if you should say it because you loved it when he said it. Okay, you have to watch it. You have to watch the film. But the quote at the end from John Ford, played by David Lynch, (laughs) is probably the simplest description of how you can make a shit film. (laughs) Or shoot a shit film. Yeah. And there's a wonderful moment, and this is so Spielbergian, and it's so filmic, and it's so wonderful, where you see the camera do something at the very end in answer to this. And I just thought, clever. Do you know what? I just wish we'd had a camera on Mark for the whole film. Yeah. Spielberg would have wept oh at the end God. of it because <clears throat> I believe everything that he put in there, you saw. I, I had a different amazing experience yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was, a, it was so lovely for me to hear all this detail. But as a non-Spielberg geek, just somebody that really admires and respects him and loves his films, I loved every second. Mm. But yeah. And I think that's really important. It works on two levels yeah. for viewers watching this, going to see it. It'll really work for cinephiles, film lovers, cine lovers. But the added bonus for me was the emotional, emotional aspect. And I think that was what surprised you in many regards. Well, because that's what fascinates me, the human mm. condition. What makes people tick? I watch people's in the finest detail. I love to try and work out why people mm. do what they do. Mm. And that's, that's, a direct, that's what a director does, mm. isn't it? And we saw him looking in close-up mm. at his life from the smallest, smallest, um, from the youngest, youngest age, we saw him looking at everything mm. in such detail. And that's, why, and that's what we get as, as, you know, as the audience from his films. And it's not often I come out of the cinema and I think I want to go straight back in and watch it again because there'll be so many other little points. I want to watch it with there. our daughters. Yeah, so, so do I. Yeah. Absolute treat. You've got an absolute treat.